Welcome to A to Z Sports, powered by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He's our Titans reporter, Sam Phelan at A to Z Sports.com. Uh, we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show segment by segment on our Twitter timeline. Uh, and, and also hit us up on Instagram and on uh, TikTok for more great Titans coverage. You got to thank our sponsors because they do make it happen for us and they help out all of you guys like Wilson County Hyundai. Uh, make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or WilsonCountyHyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive and orthopedic sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans on your coverage rates and uh, service at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. The Aura app, keeping you safe online with a two-week free trial with our link, aura.com slash ATOZ. And Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three locations across the mid-state, Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro, online at KrebsKubota.com. So, Sam, as I mentioned, uh, we uh, I'm flying a little bit blind on this show as – the major roster misconception about the Titans going into the season is something that you and Mauricio Rodriguez had been working on uh, for you know website content on a to z sports.com. Uh, so uh, yeah, and, and you know somebody did ask, uh, Brad says, uh, is misconception intentional on the graphic? I tried to be cute with it. Uh, yes, I know that I misspelled misconception. It was on purpose because I thought about it being a miss. Uh, but also the misconception as well. So it's trying to be a double meaning, uh, no. but I don't know if it landed yeah, or not, but I, Brad got it, I think, or he also thought I was an idiot and had a typo on the graphic, but it was intended, but maybe it's not as clear of a joke as it, or as a double meaning as I thought it might be. So Sam clue us in here. What, what is this major roster misconception in the conversation we're kicking today off with? Well, First things first, uh, Austin, I don't know what it is with me on this show on these mornings, but I can I don't feel like I can ever come on here without being dragged through the dragged over the coals about my attire every morning. I mean, Titan Fox comes in off the top and says, Sam, what's with the sweatshirt in June? Like, it, is it if it's a hat, if it's a sweatshirt? Hiding your Falcons jersey, right? Right. Yeah, right. Titan Fox, I keep my apartment very cold. It's like 63 or 64 in here at all times. I like it like that. It needs to be a cooler. But then sometimes I wake up and I'm like, okay, this is a little uncomfortable. I need to throw a hoodie on. Wait, but what was your, what was the temperature? 63, 64. 63 or 64? Yeah. I mean, that's cold. <laughs> I know, but I like it that way. Hey, we are it, a 68 household. And that if it, is, if like, it I, touches above 67, I walk into the apartment and I go, why is it so hot in here? My girlfriend gets mad at me. On. My girlfriend gets mad at me all the time. I I'll show up to her apartment. I'll walk in. I'll be like, oh, geez, you got to turn the air on. She's like, it's 67. You're fine. Just, no, I, it needs to be very cold at all times. So that's the reason for the hoodie. I'd rather have a hoodie on with it cold around me than like be trying to cool myself down in my own house. It, it's Tennessee in June. Let's keep Is it chilly in Chicago inside. in you that you have to have it 63 or 64. Well, I like to be cold regardless. I, we know I this. Too. Right? I got yeah. ripped for this because I'm, I was a big, like don't come near me with that sun type of guy, but mm -hmm. I, I'm very much a, 
if it's hot, I'm miserable. Like I don't like the heat at all. So I try and stay as chill and comfortable as possible. I like my I, air conditioning. Yeah. yeah. Overall, I, I do like it. I, I would rather be cold than hot. Uh, and I'm, you know, my attire I'm wearing, I have athletic shorts on a t-shirt, no socks and some sliders. And it's 68 in my house. And I'm kind of yeah. shivering from the waist down a little bit, but uh, I'm not wearing a hoodie. So Sam, it doesn't matter what you do. You're, you're the, see, I wear the same thing. It's a t-shirt. Nobody can tell uh, what else is going on, but I wear a t-shirt. So you're over here wearing hoodies and in different types of attires and a hat someday and a hat nut. So you're making yourself a target is what you're doing. That's probably true. I am mixing it up. Sometimes I come up with my, my hair all styled up and a, a nice, a nice shirt on or a nice, butt like a quarter zip on. And then other days it's just a, it's a hoodie and a hat. Cause it's, it's cold. So I, I don't know. Right. I wanted to address that because I feel like I can't win with these people. But you, you know can't. What? No, you're never going to. So so quit trying. It, it, quit trying to win, we'll just, and then you'll end up winning. No, that's that's fine with me. See, like I I would be worried something was wrong with the chat if I wasn't getting on here every day and having a comment about what I was wearing. I'd be worried something that I wasn't doing something right. So you know, as long as they still care, it shows that they care. That's um, right. but. Yeah, you are flying blind to kind of, you know, get this thing back on the rails here for the show uh, because Rob Smith had a comment uh, talking about, you know, as he sees what you mentioned earlier off the top of the show, people under pressure and says, well, there's several guys under a ton of pressure, which is something that I feel has really, really resonated with me about this Titans roster. We know kind of the roll of the dice approach that Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel are taking. Uh, I do, however, believe that there is a misconception within the fan base, mainly nationally, looking in at this Titans team and saying the group with the most to prove and the group under the most pressure this season is going to be that wide receiver room. I think that's the overall... Um, consensus about the Titans right now. They that's look, the, they say that's the perception, right? Of the right. Team. I, I I believe the perception of the team, right? Fair enough, because it, I think on paper it's the weakest position group, but I don't necessarily believe weakest means they have the most to prove or that they're under the most pressure. I think a lot of the Titans season is actually going to come down to a different position Ooh. group that I think has more pressure. Okay. And I think has the most to prove of any group on this team headed into this season. All right, let's make a quick audible because I did think of something when you brought up what the perception of the Titans is. Let's ask that question first. Like, because we're all watching the show. We are all in the weeds. We are in the forest of the Tennessee Titans, right? And so let's take a step back and think, what do we think, what do we feel like the overall perception of the Titans organization is this season from a outside of the forest perspective, because we're all in it. We all understand that. So let's ask that question now, kind of on the fly here, a little audible. What do we think is the perception of this Titans team first and foremost? So what do you think is the perception of this Titans team first and foremost? A little audible here off top of the show, but first let me tell you guys, about the Aura app, I'll tell you this, the perception of the Aura app is uh, great because all we've talked about is how me, Sam, and Zach have all signed up with Aura using our link, aura.com slash ATOZ, to where we get a two-week free trial 
uh, with the Aura app to keep us safe online. They automatically submit those opt-out requests for data brokers to get rid of your information. Data brokers are the ones that lead to your mailbox getting stuff you never wanted, uh, your email inbox getting lit up with lists that you never subscribed to, and your phone being blown up by spam calls. That's what data brokers do. Aura gets rid of data brokers, and they did that with me. They did it with Sam. They did it with Zach. And it's a two-week free trial with our link, Aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. Just punch that into your browser, Aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. They get rid of those data brokers in like six days for me. And so a two-week free trial, you get to play along with uh, the VPN, the password manager, the credit identity theft monitoring. So it's a really great app all in one right there. So check them out for a two-week free trial. Aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. Today's show is powered by BetMGM, the king of sports books. I got back on the BetMGM grind a little bit yesterday with some Major League Baseball action, started to get back into the groove, and I'm going to be placing wagers tonight on the NBA draft. Uh, you can do player props, draft props that are a lot of fun, uh, make the draft very fun to watch as you kind of predict what you think is going to happen so get with the king of sportsbooks. Use that bonus code ATOZ Sports, and when you sign up, you can get up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Use that code. It's ATOZ Sports with BetMGM, and even if your first bet loses, you get your money back in the form of a bonus bet up to one thousand dollars. That's the best way to do sports gambling, and you can make every game and every play mean more with the king of sportsbooks. That's BetMGM. I've also got a bet MGM feature that I think is awesome and I play it every day. So we'll talk about that uh, here later on. But uh, so Sam, you're going through and we're talking about the major misconception of this Titans roster. And we'll talk about uh, what, what, what position group we think is under the most uh, pressure real quick. Lucas asked is aura an app or a website? It's both, right? So you can just go to the link aura.com slash ATOZ. You sign up, you get your two week free trial because you used our link aura.com slash ATOZ. Then you download the app and then you're all set. Uh, so that's so that's that. So what is the perception nationally of this Tennessee Titans team? Because I, I do think that's interesting uh, of a little audible side tangent question to kick things off before we talk about uh, what position group is under the most pressure. So what is the perception? Um, and so I did want to get to Danny says the middle of the road. Uh, Eric says eight and 10 missed the playoffs. Uh, if lucky, the perception is not his perception though. Uh, Landon says well-coached physical team with a lack of skill players. I mean, I think so far those three comments that we've uh, read are pretty spot on. Joe says outside perception is the lack of name recognition on the offensive and skill positions. Uh, in reality, the O-line is the key to the season. We'll talk more about, I'm sure the back half of that, but Joe also good and Landon uh, getting some credit for uh, a great answer. Um, and then uh, Luke also comes in great coach with decent players and major health issues. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, Sheila John Huff says national media is always spot on. And Frank says uh, irrelevant. Hey, GK is back after a hiatus. He says, you know, what needs to be proven a serious show that this franchise is serious about building yeah. a, a winning legacy and to stop being mediocre and having fans accepting mediocrity. Hey, GK, maybe we'll put uh that on our summer topic list that we've got here is we'll credit GK for coming up with a show topic on having a serious show that this <laughs> franchise is serious about winning and building a winning legacy. Okay. GK, we'll, we'll do that uh, later on this summer while we got some time. So Sam, what do you think is the national perception of 
this Titans franchise and team right now? I think Landon was pretty accurate. I would say past their prime is like the, the words that really keep coming to me. I think there's an acknowledgement that this Titans team had a great run that, uh, you know, with Ryan Tannehill and, you know, Jeffrey Simmons and Kevin Byard and Derrick Henry in the faces of this franchise, they've had a nice little stretch here of running the AFC South and of being a perennial playoff contender. I think nationally they are considered to be very well coached and to still have some talented talented guys but uh, overall I think most of the NFL media and NFL fans really believe this Titans group is past their prime that was contending in the AFC playing in the AFC championship game earning the first overall seed in the AFC playoffs um, and is now more caught trying to live in the glory days of running it back with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, despite being not good enough to do it anymore. I think that's the perception. I think what people miss is exactly what the Titans are building uh, in the trenches is just how severe their injury issues have been in the past. And really, I think it's, misunderstood how much Ryan Tannehill is capable of in this offense if he's fully healthy and complemented by Derrick Henry. Um, and then, of course, the national storyline is the other thing Landon mentioned, the lack of skill players. It, it's the lack of wide receivers and the lack of weapons. You're not going to have any of these guys going in the first four rounds of your fantasy football draft. And uh, the number two wide receiver is probably going to be somebody who doesn't get drafted at all. So. Yeah that's what fans know, right? You know, mm -hmm. who's on the fantasy big board, you know, who's in the fun graphics that they show on NFL network and the Titans don't have that. So they continue to be overlooked for that reason. Yeah. Um, real quick. Uh, GK brings up why the sarcasm you misunderstood my statement, not about our show, meaning the franchise needs to show seriously that they are a winning, want a winning legacy. And GK, I actually, after I read it, like, by not reading it out loud. I did get what you're saying. And yeah, apologies for the sarcasm there. And I did write this down on our summer topic list, Sam. And I think this is what GK is getting at. We don't have to talk about it now, but I do think it works uh, over the next couple of weeks is how serious is this franchise in building a Super Bowl contender versus building a massively successful football business? Because winning a Super Bowl helps football business, obviously, right? But, you know, there is a bottom line that you can have a massively successful football business, but not spend the money in building a Super Bowl contender where the bottom line is really, really good if you're not completely pouring in all the resources to win a Super Bowl, kind of like GK is saying. So it goes back to the salary cap versus cash situation. Uh, you know, they're building or going to build. I think it's still on the plan to have this new stadium, which affects everything about the football business but does it affect negatively the football Super Bowl contention? You know, who knows? Because I think that's an interesting conversation. So GK props, uh, I'll give you that one because maybe we will uh, bring that up uh, later on. And also real quick to Foster Tate ask, is there a podcast version audio only of the show? Yes. Uh, so hit us up on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, A to Z Sports Nashville, uh, where we are uh, posted live later in the morning as well. So I think, my biggest perception um, of this roster 
is that they're stuck in the 90s. I think maybe even the 2000s. And I think that's national media and also, you know, the talking commentators on television and then fans around the league, like to go along with what you said, fantasy football is not exactly where you're going to turn to for Titans players or in like that, that they view Vrabel as, you know, mustache wearing chest beating macho guy from, you know, linebacker from the two thousands that won Super Bowls with defense and Tom Brady being efficient, you know, and all that. I, I think that they're stuck in the stuck in the two thousands, not even the nineties, stuck in the two thousands. And when can they, you know, get with the decade, get with the times. And it's funny, Sam, you know, we talked about a couple of different topics on the show and uh, Warren Sharp, who's a really smart analytical football guy, had a thread yesterday about the Titans offense and Todd Downing. And that's kind of the beating your head against the wall, you know, uh, just be physical for the sake of being physical and run the ball because you got to run the ball in January to win championships type of mindset when you're really hurting your team. And I think that's where they're at is they're stuck in that 2000s football and haven't really gotten past, I think 2008, 2009 is when things really started to evolve and the Titans haven't quite got there yet. And it's 15 years later. Uh, so that's kind of my perception of what I, or what I think the overall perception is um, of the Titans franchise. Yeah. And I mean, they have a way of, I, I think this is especially true now after this offseason because there were there were excuses to make for it this time last year. Um, to that point, Mike Vrabel's approach and the Titan strategy had proven to be a winning strategy. Like we hadn't seen this regression yet. And we really hadn't seen the strategy come back to bite them but you went into the season last season had all of those problems with Todd Downing's offense that you mentioned and all of those trends and uh, I remember when I asked Mike Vrabel about that exact approach to offense and the re repetitiveness of like their strategy uh and his answer was kind of throwing his hands up saying well what else do you want us to do like we have to call an offense to our personnel uh, but you didn't really see the Titans adapt their overall personnel groups this offseason. And I think there have been a lot of teams in the, in the NFL in recent years that have overhauled what they've had going on to try and modernize their roster because of what the rest of the league is telling them. The Titans have been one of the very few franchises around the league that has been successful but also refuse to adapt to modern times, which is why they're right in your face of NFL fans and NFL analysts as being a team that's like, man, if Mike Vrabel could just get himself an elite quarterback and some weapons, uh, like what could the Titans possibly be capable of? I think that that's a pretty accurate idea of what the national perception is of Tennessee. Fair. All right, so now let's get to the main topic of the show now that we had our little audible there. So Sam kind of reiterate what the major roster misconception was that you talked off the show. And then we'll ask the question about position group under the most pressure. Well, listen, like we said, right. It, it's all about the skill positions and it's specifically about wide receiver. I think that nationally, most people are discussing the Titans and saying, 
yep, Titans are good. Yep, they have Derrick Henry. Yep, they have Mike Vrabel. That defense could be good, but they don't have wide receivers. So the season to other people all comes down to what the Titans have as far as playmakers and weapons. That group's under the most pressure. That group's under the microscope. That group has something to prove. I think that that's true, but I do think there is another group that is far more important and essential to the Titans' success this season and I think has a lot more expectations and pressure on them this year than the wide receivers, and I think not enough people are talking about it. All right, so let's open up to everybody once again. What, uh, Which Titans position group is under the most pressure this season? Which Titans position group is under the most pressure this season? Uh, and Sam, tell everybody about uh, the Bone and Joint Institute where they can maybe relieve some pressure from those injuries. Mm, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. The Bone and Joint Institute, uh, they're the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. You can visit them at boneandjointtn.org. Whenever you get hurt in life, you have to know who to trust. The Bone and Joint Institute is out there in Franklin with over a dozen specialists who can help you through any type of injury. They have a state-of-the-art rehab facility on campus to help in your recovery, and it's all under one roof in one building to make your life as convenient as possible from your clinic to testing to rehab to imaging to surgery. It's all in one spot, so don't worry about having to drive all over the Middle Tennessee area just to go to this appointment or that appointment. You just go out to Franklin, you see the Bona Joint Institute, it's all in the same place and it's convenient, great care. Uh, schedule an appointment, go to the people you can trust at boneandjointtn.org. And with BetMGM, you can always win big with our bonus code ATOZ Sports. That means you get a, uh, a a second chance on that first bet because if you hit the first bet, great, but go big with it because if you miss your first bet, you get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you sign up with bonus code ATOZ Sports. Also something that BetMGM is doing this summer. I don't know if you've played this yet, Sam, but every day you can swing for prizes. And what, is, what that is, the baseball feature that they have on BetMGM where it's basically a video game. It's King Griffey Jr. style Nintendo 64 video game where you're the batter and you got four spots in the strike zone to pick from. You select your spot, the pitcher throws, and you hit you know a single, a double, a triple, a home run, whatever it may be. And depending mm. on what your hit is, you get a prize. So yesterday, I hit a double. What I got is a bet 20 on Major League Baseball and get a $10 bonus bet. So I got that, and I bet my $20 on the Reds and Astro Parlay, hit that, and then put my $10 uh, on the Braves to win the World Series. So you can do that every day on the BetMGM app, which is really fun. So check them out at BetMGM.com with our code ATOZ Sports. So, Sam, I'll let you get to the comments section uh, to kick us off here, answering the question, which Titan position group is under the most pressure this season? What are the uh, folks saying on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch? Steve says it is the corners. Titans Kyle says it's the offensive line. Pistol Ramsey says the wide receiver. Scott is O-line. John is O-line. Cameron Strong is cornerback. Mike says wide receivers. Cody says the O-line. Same with Jody and Brad and Raymond. A wide receiver from Titan Up. Wide receiver from Matt Drew. Quarterback from Jonathan. Uh, O-line from Chris. CBs from Andre. O-line from Jarrett. Uh, coaching from Jay. That's an interesting one. Coaching. Not a position a group, but, yeah. I, you know, that's a 
different conversation and we've got some of those planned. Yeah. I'll allow it because I think it's a fascinating comment okay. here for this exercise. Eric says uh cornerback O-line from Kenneth, from Jason, from Billy, from Josh quarterback due to the lack of wide receiver says Trevor a uh, wide receiver and O-line from Myram O-line from Corey O-line from Jeff corner from Jay corners. Andre says corners one and O-line is number two. Eddie says it's the linebackers. Uh, Pistol Ramsey reiterates wide receivers. Ronnie's with him on wide receivers with maybe offensive line. Uh, we've got hammer saying wide receivers. Richie says the general manager has something to prove. Mac, Johnny say O-line and Sam is linebackers Landon linebacker. Uh, so Austin, a lot of wide receiver answers, probably yep. O-line is the most common answer. Uh, but when I think about pressure, I think expectations. Uh, and in order to have expectations, I think there needs to be investment. And when I look at the wide receiver position, I don't see investment and I don't see expectations. I, I think Traylon Burks might be under some pressure this year as an individual to take the next step uh, and prove that he maybe not is a wide receiver one this season. I think he can and will be, but at least that he has that in him for the future. He needs to show some something. Um, but I, if the Titans have the worst wide receiving core in football, nobody's going to critique the player. Nobody's going to say Nick Westbrook Akine is not doing enough. They're going to say Nick Westbrook-Akine is doing what you thought Nick Westbrook-Akine would do, and they're going to look at the GM and the head coach of saying, why didn't you go and get more at the position? Mm -hmm. But there is a group I think the Titans have invested a lot in that has continued to let them down, and this specific group has the most to gain and the most to lose in 2023. And for me, it's cornerback. Ooh. The, the chat was on it. I think this is the group. These these are the top 10 on the Titans depth chart. As far as like what I've seen, who's getting reps during these OTAs and mini camps. So Fulton McCreary, Sean Murphy bunting, the newcom free agent addition, Elijah Molden, Caleb Farley, Trey Avery, Chris Jackson, Alonzo Davis, Eric Garr, and Steven Jones were all some UDFA rookies that have worked into the rotation as well. But when I look at this group, Austin, I see a second round pick, a second mm -hmm. round pick, a third round pick, a first round pick, uh, a free agent signing that you gave some guaranteed money to. I see a lot of guys that have been invested in by the Tennessee Titans that so far have been a major problem, have not been able to stay on the field, have gotten beat deep. There's a lot of issues there. And I think this is the season for Christian Fulton to be in a contract year, prove that he can stay on the field and be a CB one for Sean Murphy bunting to kind of revive his career because he got this contract and opportunity in Tennessee. He needs to take the next step. He has a lot to gain if he can have a big year. And finally for Elijah Molden, hopefully to play this more Swiss army knife dynamic role in the Titans defense uh, with what they have invested in him and all the opportunity that they've given to mm -hmm. him. So, so much of this defense, I think rides 
on those guys, these 10 guys, and really just three or four of these guys at the top to take a jump in this season. Uh, I think there's a lot of pressure because this is probably their last chance to do so in Tennessee. Who interesting. I was not expecting this to be your answer, but I, I don't hate it. I actually like it, uh, to be honest. And you know, to go back to them, you're right. I mean, look at all the, the players, the names here that are just injury situations every damn season, right? It's We'll talk more about Christian Fulton. Elijah Molden was a mystery injury from last year that happened in training camp, and he never really got back. And then Caleb Farley is such a frustrating piece because of what the investment was, like you're saying, and then had another back procedure. And did anybody see – like lay eyes on Caleb Farley during May and June. No, like I, he, I know he, he was there, right? Like he was not outside ever. So we never saw him. And we never like, cause at, at the Titans practice facility, they have, you know, there are three fields, the middle fields under construction. And then they have their weight room. That's got the clear garage door style windows as doors. But uh, sometimes you can see guys in there on the, the cardio machines or whatever, but I never saw Caleb Farley with my own eyes. And I don't think I ever saw or heard any other Titans media saying, yep, I saw him. Like we, we all knew that he was in the building somewhere, but we never physically saw him. So that's, it's yeah. pretty interesting overall. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on these guys. I don't deny that. Farley. I mean, Farley, it wasn't, uh, you could make the argument Farley has less pressure than the rest of the group, even as a first round pick, because I think a lot of people have like the ship has, the ship has already sailed for them. Uh, like a, a back injury, a spinal injury is nothing to mess with. Uh, I didn't expect to see him out there for OTAs or minicamp at all. I don't particularly expect him to be out there during training camp at all. Like I, I think he remains a major, major mystery. And until you get a positive update, you have to assume Caleb Farley is no go. Um, but like, I, I look at kind of just what, what I said earlier, like, when I think about pressure, I think who stands the most to gain. And I see two in Roger McCreary and Sean Murphy bunting impending free agents this next off season that are looking to get that big deal and kind of prove themselves uh, as deserving of that next contract. Mm -hmm. I see Elijah Molden who has as good of an opportunity as he has ever had in the Titans defense to really take a jump, have a major, major role carved out for him. And because McCreary and Sean Murphy Bunting are free agents next year, potentially have an even bigger role next season. So Elijah Molden, and this is year three for him now, with, like you said, a mystery injury that took him off the field, we thought was going to take a jump and we're kind of waiting on it. And, you know, at the same time, we've heard from Titans coaches like, oh, just wait for Christian. Like, oh, Christian Fulton can really take that next step. He can really be a leader in this defense. We really like what Elijah's doing. He's dynamic and he's versatile. I think fans are sitting at home saying, well, where? I haven't yeah. seen it. But So, like, that's what a lot of people are looking for. And if they're good, this defense is going to be really good. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the secondary – it in the corners, if you want to even limit it because you believe in Byard and hooker as safeties. Yeah. The corners are the key to this 
uh, defense really opening up and b- being a legitimate top, I mean, top 10, I don't think it's unfair to say the Titans defense has top 10 potential. What are the expectations on it? I definitely think it's top 15, top half of the league with the defensive front they have. And you know, we also haven't seen Harold Landry uh, with our eyes yet either, to my knowledge, and he's coming off the ACL. So it's interesting because, uh, you know, and you have that comment up. Fulton is a free agent next year, not McCreary. Yeah, McCreary. Did I say McCreary? You may, if I, I, if I if I said McCreary, didn't mean McCreary. Yeah, I was referring to Christian Fulton with Murphy Bunting, who will be eligible for new deals. Yes, um, and Caleb Farley's fighting for his NFL life. I, I I don't think there's really a way that he is not on the roster this year because of how his first round pick contract is. Uh, because of the dead money the Titans are set to owe him or have account against the cap that you'd rather just have him on the roster for another year and then see what you can get out of him rather than cut him and not have that potential and have him count like $8 million on the cap for not being around that. So I think with, and maybe, maybe we can set up a doc talk, Sam, over the next uh, month after, as we approach the boning, uh, the, uh, the training camp with the bone and joint Institute, because I just looked this up, Caleb Farley, his injury happened in early to mid November. So let's just assume that he had surgery towards the middle to end of November. He's right around eight months out of that um, micro disectomy, um, which is, you know, he's had this thing before. So where, what's that month range that you expect him to be back at full activity and is it nine months? Cause that's when training camp starts and 10 months is when the preseason is over. And so 11 months, you're already into week three. So where is that at? Where is he at with that? And you know, where can, uh, where can we expect him to go? So I do think that's interesting um, that you answer that. Now Andre has a super chat and I'm going to ha- use Andre's super chat to pivot to my answer for the question which Titans position group has the most pressure um, heading into this season. And we'll get to my answer and Andre's super chat here in a second, but farm your health plans. Oop, wrong graphic there. Farm your health plans is where you should turn for your health coverage. And it's so easy to do it. FBHP.com slash ATOZ is the website. And they've been serving middle Tennesseans and Tennesseans across the entire state for over 75 years. And they, you've heard it with Titans radio for a decade plus with farm to health plans. They also help out the ball network. They invest in the sports in this state from the pros to college, to high school and beyond farm to health plans. You'll see their billboards and banners on youth baseball fields all summer long because they care about their community because they are the community as well. So plan on farm to health plans for health, dental and vision 200 plus locations across the state. So every corner, every county of the state has you covered online. Start your process at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. The King of Sportsbooks, BetMGM powers today's show. You can get with the King of Sportsbooks and use the bonus code ATOZ Sports and get up to $1,000 back in the form of a bonus bet. If your first bet doesn't win, Go and place that first wager with that code, and even if it loses, you get your money back in the form of a bonus bet up to $1,000. Make every game and every play mean more with the king of sportsbooks, BetMGM. 
All right, so asking the question, which Titans position group is under the most pressure heading into 2023? Sam, your answer was the cornerbacks, and I think it's a good answer. They're definitely uh, up there. I'm not going to go with corner. Um, Andre brings in a super chat. He does give you the the props, 100%, Sam. Uh, It is a passing league. The Titans don't have a number one wide receiver, but the Titans do have a group dead last in yards allowed. Uh, uh, O-line has desperation expectations, and wide receiver – has zero expectations. So why you went with corner is because you think the corners have investment that creates expectations and the investment is where these guys were drafted. Um, so I think the most pressured position is the offensive line this year because they might not have the eyeballs on them like the Titans wide receiver group because you can point to the Titans receiving stats and say, ha ha, Mike Vrabel has more uh, touchdowns and you know, receiving touchdowns in his career than any of these guys have in their career. And that's funny and that's true, but you know, the offensive line doesn't have stats that you can point at and mock like the receivers do. And so, but I think this offensive line is everything like this offensive line. If they suck, then what is Derrick Henry running into the teeth of a nine-man box again in a defense saying, yeah, sure, throw it over the top uh, to Traylon Burke. See if you have time to do that, right? Because we're going to stack the box. We're going to run blitz you. And if you don't run, then we're going to go right through that turnstile of an O-line and get to your quarterback, uh, Ryan Tannehill, again. And that's what killed the Titans offense last season. Ryan Tannehill got hurt because Ryan Tannehill couldn't protect himself because the offensive line wasn't protecting him. And when that happened, the, the season was dead. When Tannehill was out, it was over. And you can bring in Dennis Daly. You can try to bring in anybody else in the O-line. I just think the Titans O-line, while they've invested more into it because of Andre Dillard, a first-round draft pick, and Peter Skaronsky, another veteran free agent acquisition, not a big one, but a, a versatile one in Daniel Brunskill, and a third-round, second-round guy in NPF. There's, there's investment there. And I think we all know the starting five offensive line from left to right. It yeah. better be Dillard, Skaronsky, Brewer at center. than Brunskill at right guard and NPF at right tackle. If it's not that, if those five guys don't win those five jobs and it starts with Dillard and NPF, then I don't know where the Titans O line turns to injury. One injury throws it in, in a, to a goofy situation too. But I think the Titans offensive line is under the most pressure because they're the key to everything. They're the key to Derrick Henry working, the key to the play action pass working to help out a underinvested wide receiver room. And also, I would prefer Chigakonkwo not have to chip. Yeah. So if the uh, offensive line can do their job and Chig can get out on routes early, I that's just gonna help everything else too. So that's where I go with the offensive line. The only reason I didn't pick the O-line, uh, kind of to Andre's point, is I, I feel like the expectations on the group are desperate expectations. I, I mean, they what threw this Andre thing said, together. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they threw this thing together. But I don't know if that, like, I don't know if that really warrants big expectations for me. Like, to me, the reason there's less pressure on the offensive line is because the only reason they need the only thing they need to do to really get some heat off of them is be better than the group last year, which is not hard to do. 
like it would be great if all of these guys clicked and you had a really solid offensive line blocking for Derrick Henry and protecting Ryan Tannehill. That's would be, you know, a dream come true for the Titans, but I don't think anybody has the expectation or the idea that that's really what you're getting into. You're just hoping that there can be some marginal improvement. At least I am. And I think a lot of fans are. And for that reason, I think the pressure is a little bit less than that of corner. Uh, because if you get a few of these guys, right? Like even if Andre Dillard is bad and Peter Skaronsky hits, does that cause a problem? Yes. But I, I still think you're better than you were at the position last year. So like, as long as they're healthy and a little bit more productive and impactful, it's less pressure than corner who really has the, I think the expectations are high. Yeah, no, the expectations are high. I, I, I guess why I think I have more pressure on the O line is because I feel like the five guys are the only five guys, right? Like somebody asked me about Dylan Radins. That's fair. There's very little depth. And and as I, right, like, look at this. Yeah. That's 10 names. And let's, the last three, Alonzo Davis, Eric Gar, and Stephen Jones Jr. Those are undrafted rookies that are, you know, but that's the top seven. You know, Chris Jackson has gotten burnt his fair share uh, in the NFL, but he's also done some good things. Trey Avery got smoked. Uh, Monday Night Football in front of everybody in Buffalo. But Trey Avery made some legitimately good strides throughout his as, season. As a UDFA, right? I mean, exactly. like, that was... And so, well, I guess where I, where I sit with the, with the corners is, yeah, those top five really need to, to play their role, but you really need three to be consistently available and good. And so we're talking about five. And then I think the top two on the right are really, really solid depth for what they're looking for. Real quick, uh, before we kind of move on here, Kenneth says those, those three won't make the roster. You mentioned those three UDFAs in the bottom right. Well, I have an article coming out later today on A to Z sports.com listing three Titans whose stock is going up after OTAs and minicamp that I think are really, really trending in the right direction. One of those three guys is on my list. So uh, if you want to read more about one of those guys that I think is looking like they might make a 53, looking like they might have an impact on this team, check out that article later this afternoon. All right, tease, tease, tease. Uh, let's talk more about Christian Fulton because he was asked uh, a, a lot of questions uh, a couple weeks ago at Mandatory Minicamp. Uh, we're going to play Christian Fulton, who has a bold prediction for his season, and ask you guys what you think about said bold prediction. Uh, but first, Krebs Kubota, they are uh, and need to be your preferred equipment dealer and provider in Middle Tennessee, Krebs Kubota. Three great locations in Murfreesboro, Columbia, and in Franklin. And they've been there for 18-plus years serving Middle Tennesseans. And they are an elite Kubota dealer. What does having the elite Kubota dealer label mean? It means you have the best equipment inventory to pick from with the Kubota brand. And what the Kubota brand also provides is elite warranties. Like, warranties are a massive deal when it comes to equipment. Because things are going to break. You're using a lot of power, a lot of force with the earth. 
And so you need warranties and nobody can touch the warranties that Kubota has. And also nobody can touch the customer service that Krebs has. So Krebs and Kubota together uh, creates a great customer experience for anybody looking to tackle that project on their property, big or small. Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with those three locations, Murfreesboro, Franklin, and Columbia online, KrebsKubota.com. BetMGM is here to uh, change everything with their first bet offer. You use the bonus code ATOZ Sports, you can get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So, whatever money that you put on the line, you get back in the form of a bonus bet if your first bet loses. That's why they're the king of sports books. It's why we love BetMGM so much and why you need to make them your sports book, your go to sports book for all of your sports betting. Go to BetMGM.com and the BetMGM app. 21 years of age or, age or older to wager. Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789. All right, Sam. So Christian Fulton going into his contract year. Talk with the media um, after mandatory minicamp for the first time after not being out there really much at all. Kind of overview what Christian Fulton did on the field throughout May and June. Well, he wasn't out there for all of May and most of June. <laughs> like we kept hearing, well, Christian Fulton is, is, is with the team for mandatory minicamp. Uh, and we got to practice and he wasn't out there. And there was a lot of questions looming, right? Like, I mean, we're talking to Mike Vrabel. Is he hurt already? Is he going through something? Like, what's going on with him? And Vrabel very clearly didn't want to answer any questions about Christian Fulton. He did a uh, Mike Vrabel expert dodge, like only Mike Vrabel knows how to do, mm -hmm. uh, a few times when we asked about the star corner. Uh, and then... The final practice, right as we were all ready to say no sign of Christian Fulton at all this summer, he's on the field for stretches. He's uh, kind of in and out, went through individual period, went inside the building a little bit, came back out, worked in team period. I didn't think we'd have a chance to ask him questions because the Titans like to hide some of these guys from the media when they know that they're about to get swarmed by, you know, Everybody. a brigade of media members with their phones out. But Christian Fulton did speak after going through, he didn't really do any of the live team period stuff, but he went through the drills. Uh, he went through some individual training with coaches uh, and he was on the field and active, which was just a good thing to see. And Austin, obviously the questions were, well, what's been going on? Are you healthy? Uh, are you like, how are you feeling? And what has this offseason been like for you with you not being around here? Mike Vrabel's comments that, you know, called him out. There, there's just a lot we had to talk to Christian about. Uh, so here's a quick snippet of Christian Fulton speaking to Titans Media a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm feeling good. Uh, body feels good. Uh, I've just been excited you know, about the work that I've been putting in, you know, since February. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to be back around the team, been around them the last two weeks or so. And, you know, everything's been good. You know, the vibe's been great. Just, you know, stand inside, just want to get some extra work in the uh, weight room. Uh, and that's what the coaches allow. Uh, I mean, obviously with me not being on the field, you know, I just happen to, uh, you know, take the approach of doing everything I could off the field, whether that's film room, uh, eating better, you know, studying, you know, my body movements, you know, just talking with my training, you know, all of us being on the same page, 
you know, with me going forward into the season. I mean, it was big, you know, just to try new things. I mean, I feel like it's um, everybody has their own way of doing things, you know, and everything doesn't work for everybody. Um, you know, I've been here, you know, the last two, three off seasons, and, you know, I've had, you know, great, great time on the field, you know, being here. So I just wanted to try a different approach, you know, and see what it uh, gets me, you know, moving forward. Do you feel like it got you to where you want to be right now, at least? Yeah, no, nah, definitely. I feel great. Um, I mean, it's important every year, you know, to have a great year. Um, I expect that of myself. So um, that was just my take on, you know, I wanted to do what I had to do, you know, to make sure I'm there for my team, you know, this upcoming year. Uh, I want to be out there. I will be out there 17 games. So um, that's the approach that I took. So, I mean, you, you hear it, right? He, he talks about his new approach that he wanted to take, see where that got him, feels like he's in a good spot, said, yes, I am healthy. I have been healthy and I've never been injured this offseason, even though he hasn't been on the field. He was just training in his own way. Now, Austin, I think that face that you make there is him finishing up by saying, I will be on the field 17 games. That was what Christian Fulton told the media for a guy who uh, has had a lot of stories surrounding him for not being on the field for 17 games. Your reaction to hearing Fulton speak to uh, the media last week? Yeah, I, I saw a lot of comments while we were watching Christian Fulton talk there uh, from Jim Wyatt's uh, Twitter feed, and a lot of people saying Christian Fulton is soft and that he fell down talking to Titans media and all this, right? Look, I don't think Christian Fulton is soft. I don't think he's weak. I don't think he's, you know, he needs to play better and he needs to stay healthy because he's actually played pretty damn good uh, when he has been on the field. The problem is here are Christian Fulton's games played in his three years. Six, 13, 11. Six, his rookie year. Now he did have COVID. That was the COVID season and he was out a decent amount with COVID during that football season, but also had an injury. Uh, and then 13 and 11. I know this, um, and I don't necessarily think this is as widely known around the Titans fans and media. Last offseason, Christian had a shoulder surgery uh, that cost him to miss some time the year before in 2021. So he had shoulder surgery to fix that. We That's well known. But he also got like sick, like ill. And when he was sick for a, a decent amount of time, he dropped a lot of weight. And so last summer, his goal was to gain that weight back. And so that's what I, I, I know that. Here's what I am taking from that information that I know. I wonder how that changed his off-season training of, I lost all this weight. I've got to gain it back. I got to do everything I can to get back to my weight. Did that lead to him training, I guess, improperly, maybe is the right word, of too much strength training, not enough uh, cardio, not enough flexibility, uh, pliability that led to soft tissue because he was so focused on getting back to that weight? I don't know. That's just me trying to connect some dots there. But now, from what I do know, is that Christian Fulton has talked about changing his workouts and doing more of, I think what Mike Vrabel said in talking vaguely and broadly is you have to train for your position, right? Like offensive linemen aren't out there running miles in the off season. No, that's stupid. That's not what they do. 
corners, you got to run and you got to run when you're tired. You got to jump when you're tired and be explosive when you're tired and run some more. And so I'm curious and, you know, fascinated to see kind of how Fulton bounces back after 2022, which started with a shoulder surgery and then an illness and then an injury riddled season. Yeah, the training aspect is interesting because, I mean, Mike Vrabel's right and you're right. Like, getting on a bike, running, doesn't really help Christian Fulton quite like, you know, explosive movements would. That I mean, that's a big part of how NFL players need to train. Any athlete needs to train. You have to train your body at the speed and with the type of movements that you're going to be doing in-game. I, like, I don't know how familiar you are with this, Austin, but like if you ever go play pickup basketball or slow pitch softball even or flag football with your friends, whatever it is that you're doing, if you haven't done it in a while, you, there are these different muscle groups mm-hmm. that you're using that your body, you feel the next day and you go, oh, well, I didn't even know I had a muscle there. I didn't know I could be sore there. I could, I didn't know I could pull that. Like, because these movements are very particular explosive movements that your body doesn't train for, even as somebody who runs every day, lifts weights every day, tries to do things to stay in shape. I go out there and I swing a softball bat for an hour and I'm sore the next day because I, 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 that's a different range of motion. And so that's kind of what Vrabel is talking about and what Fulton is talking about of what he needs to do. Running, biking, weightlifting is not the same as flipping your hips at speed and trying to run a hard 40 with, you know, keeping up with Jamar Chase. Like these are different, very very different things. And so his ability to do that and have his run 40 40s, no run 40, 40 yard dashes and then do corner drills. Right. Like, cause in the fourth quarter you're exhausted, but you still got to be disciplined in your backpedal. You still got to be able to come out of your break quick and react, you know, really strong after, you know, playing 60 snaps or as somebody in the chat says, it's hard to train. Uh, and me just says it's hard to train uh, when you're going to be in the field for a hundred plays a game. Yes, but you got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. I, I mean that that's exactly what off season training is. And that's what Mike Vrabel keeps saying. I know it's easy to make fun of the building the callus, but he wants these guys to be fine tuned and have some durability to their training and and not just kind of be in shape and ready to go. And then that first sign of them getting beat up, right? Like that's kind of what we talk about, right? If I were to go play a game of flag football right now, I'd come away with a hamstring, with a hip, with a, with a groin, with all these other banged up injuries, right? Your calves would be so tight the next day. You couldn't walk. Yeah. Right. But if I'm training with some of those explosive movements, if I'm doing things like that over and over and over again, by the time September comes around, I could probably go play a flag football game and not come away feeling like crap all the time. (laughs) It's, It's about how, how much you build up your body to do individual things. And it, I don't know. I don't know exactly what Christian Fulton did differently this off season. He seems to think he, his body will take to this more, but the hope is that this is a, a training strategy that he has needed all along. And without the issues like the sickness, like the losing weight that could have affected what he did in the past, that this will finally create some of the durability in his soft tissue to keep him on the field. 
Yep. Uh, so will he play all 17? Who knows? Uh, I, you know, I don't think I, I don't expect any NFL <clears throat> player to honestly play all 17 games. Uh, I just think that's a little bit uh, unrealistic. So look, he's got, he's got a lot. So, I mean, we can go through this pretty quickly here, Sam, how many games do you think Christian Fulton will play in 2023? Like what is that bar of expectation? Because saying 17 is a lot. And, and I don't know if I could pull up, I might be able to pull up the Titans defense to see how many guys played in every game last year um, to kind of give us a bar. But uh, how many games do you think Christian Fulton will play next season? Well, I think the bar should be 14. I think like if we're, if we're setting a realistic bar for Christian Fulton being healthy and being available, you're allowed to miss one here and there. Uh, I mean, there bangs, bruises, things happen. Uh, 14 is the number that prevents him from means he didn't go on IR didn't miss significant time uh, together how many do I think he plays I'll say 13 I'll say 13 I I was gonna be a little bit more uh, I'll say 13 I'll be nice do you know I want you to guess how many Titans defensive players played 14 do, do you think played 17 games last season Two. Three. It's Roger McCreary, Kevin Byard, and uh, it's got to be like Dylan Cole or somebody. Demarcus Walker. Okay. Dylan Cole, I think, played like 15 or 16. But, he played yeah. 15, yeah. And then guys that played 16. Jeff. Kevin Strong, Josh Kalou, Rashad Weaver, Tier Tart. That's it. So I mean, Jeff play. Uh, big Jeff point fifteen. He missed two. Okay. <clears throat> so again, like that. Again, that's telling you, you don't have a lot of guys. You've got like six, and a lot of them are you know Josh Kalu, Kevin Strong, Tier Tart that played sixteen or more games in in a season, or Demarcus Walkers, right? So it's not exactly, <clears throat> um, just protocol to have a defensive player play that many games. There, so I yeah. think thirteen is the right number to expect from Christian Fulton. If it's anything over 13, then props to Christian Fulton for, for making some changes. Yeah. 14. So 14 is that success bar. If he's out there for 14, he gets a thumbs up. You know, if he's out there for 13, I'm not happy. Like, I, I don't think you're necessarily happy with missing four games in the Depends season. Depends on the situation though, right? It, yeah. I mean, if it's, one because of rest at the end of the year, whatever it is, like whatever. Uh, but anything other than 13, you're looking at another season like last season, and then you've got problems. So, yeah, yeah, like, and you know, Jody says the Dallas game shouldn't count coaching decisions, right? Like, sure. I think that's fair. And Big Jeff missed the Dallas game because there was no reason to play him. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. So, some of those things do matter like that. All right, Sam, it is time now for the magic bucket to end our Thursday show. So let's get it rolling. Magic bucket presented by Wilson County Hyundai, make Wilson County Hyundai a part of your new car buying process by seeing it in Lebanon. Go hang out with our guy, Payne bone in Lebanon or at Wilson County Hyundai.com. So Sam, you've got the magic bucket. Uh, I don't know. I, wa I wasn't on the bucket last week, so you can pull from, uh, me first. All right. Let's see. I'm going to get you a really good one. We're going to, I'm going to try and dive down to like the, the depths of 
And by while, while you're doing that, for the folks that are asking where are the stickers, uh, the magic bucket changes hands too many times, and there's too many different people doing the magic bucket. There's a lot of stickers in the bucket, but um, I'm gonna should I add the scoop there? You can I'm gonna if add you this. Want to. Yeah, we're gonna do it for the people because I've been seeing a lot of sticker comments recently. So scoop there it is. Yeah. Is gonna go on the magic bucket. Let's yeah. do Eric it. Eric said, Did I miss the shades? Uh yeah, probably. Yesterday. I mean, I yeah, throwing <laughs> shades uh Wednesday. I don't know where to even put this thing, but I think we're gonna go right at the bottom here. Yeah, there's no room. That's also why we're not doing okay. stickers. There you go. All right, Scoop, so there it is. Lucas says the OGs want the want the uh, stickers. We, that, you know, there's just no yeah. Room. And, and again, here, there's Eric, too many moving pieces for somebody Eric, to have stickers. Eric is calling me out as well. Oh, I I don't have sunglasses. We we so like I I meant to get these <laughs> yesterday. I hate the sun. I don't like. I don't go out in it enough to like. If you hate the sun, you should also have sunglasses. But I do get, I do get this nice little tan. Though. I, that's what I'm worried about more than anything, is that I tan pretty easily, and I'm worried that I'm going to get the sunglass tan lines. Oh man! All right, well, that, you go get some damn sunglasses that are nine ninety nine from your local retailer, and I'm going to go to, I'll go to Five Below and get some sunglasses. There you go. There you so, go. But right. I, I'll try and do it tomorrow. I will. Okay. Right. Hit me with. Uh, this is for me. All right, for Austin. Way. Yep. Here we go. <clears throat> oh, you lucked out. Oh, wait. We might have done this, though. It's a community question. If you could buy one type of car, what would it be? I have done that, yeah. All right. So I'm sure the chat will share anyway, but. Yeah, I don't necessarily. I'm not a car person, really. So Neither I am I. That would have been answer my answer is I don't. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. All right. Here we go. On the next show, the person has to eat a popsicle. I did that recently. So I did it like two weeks ago. Really? Yep. Community question. (laughs) If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would it be? Okay. I, I don't think I've done this. Um, so I've never been to Europe. Um, I've never been outside of the North American continent. So I, I would say, you know, there are some spots in Greece that you just see that are insane looking that, that don't look like a real place. And so yeah. I do feel like, like Santorini is an easy question and is an easy answer for that one. But I also am very intrigued by Dubai. It just looks like it's almost like a desert, but like a Jetsons version of the desert. That's exactly what Dubai is. Right. Um, It's like the Jetsons in the desert, but now and not like in the future. Yeah. I mean, I would recommend Europe. Europe was fantastic when I was there. I mean, I loved Europe. I had never been either. Never had really left the country until I was in Europe last summer. Um. And yeah, I, like a good point for Devin is like most of those countries, once you get there, they're yeah. very cheap. Yeah. Like you, the flight, very expensive. Getting around can be very expensive, but like doing things in those locations can be uh, very cheap and affordable. It was I mean, great. another one like Iceland looks really freaking cool. That's mine. 
Oh. It, well, it's it's one of my two. So I like it was Italy forever. It's still Italy. Like I want to just go keep going back to Italy. I love spending as much time there as I can. But for a location that I haven't been, it's Iceland and South Africa are the two cool. that I would okay. like to uh, the two yeah. that I would like to go to. So uh, Iceland, yeah, is just beautiful. And then I think South like Cape Town's pretty cool. They've got a little bit of everything. They got the big city. They got the beaches with penguins on them, and they have mountains right there that you can do yeah. like yeah. So all types of stuff. All right, Sam. Now it's time for you to pull. I did this. Make as many animal noises as you can in 30 seconds. That's by far my favorite. Really? <clears throat> that's my favorite. That's my favorite one. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. I don't All think right. I've, I don't, I guess I wasn't on the show when you did that. Cause that makes me laugh. I, I have like giggle fits over watching people do that. I got this one too. And we it, give a tutorial on how to tie a tie. Yeah. You can have to do that again. Well, I didn't do it the last time. I couldn't find a tie, but I know you don't have sunglasses or a tie. I have a tie. I didn't know where I had put it. It was after I just after I one tie. You have one tie. I didn't know. I do. I didn't know what box it was in before. I found it. If you would like me to go get it, I can go get it. You can do it. Do that tomorrow. Wear your damn sunglasses tomorrow and tell and teach us how to tie tie tomorrow at at the end of the show. Okay. All right. That's what we'll do. Sam's sunglasses. got no sunglasses and one tie that he kept in a box somewhere. <laughs> I I have two ties. I'll let you know. Okay. Two ties. Two ties. That's really funny. All right. <laughs> so that I'm is the magic guy. Button. I'm a I'm a I'm a chess guy. I like ch- open collar, not chess. You're not a chess guy. You're not No, I am. I like I like to let the chess show a little bit. That's that's how you know the party's going. It's if the open buttons collar, start coming down. Not- not chest. You're not just wearing a blazer with no shirt. <laughs> right. But that's my, it's my accessories, the chest, oh, not man. the tie. Your accessory is the chest. Okay. Yeah. Now we're getting out of hand. <laughs> All right, guys, make sure you like the show before you go. Give us that thumbs up uh, on Facebook and on YouTube. There's more people watching right now that have liked the show. It's always the case. So give us that thumbs up. Hit the like button for us. We appreciate that. It makes the show better. And we'll see you guys tomorrow where Sam will go buy some sunglasses and uh, show us how to tie tie. But appreciate it as always. See you guys later on.